Texas. I nearly said New Japan Cup. G1 Climax Tournament number 33. And today we were in Nagano, Japan, at Nagano Big Hat Arena, which is a wonderful name for a place. What are we going to call it? Bigger Hat. There you go. And to join me today, unusually for today's hats, is Mr. John Dinsdale. How are you doing, sir? I'm pretty good. It's interesting to see just how big the G1 is this year. Yeah. I, it didn't really get cooking until Friday, to be honest with you. Friday was a proper G1 day. And like hard to follow G1 day. So not just some of the best matches of the G1, some of the best matches of the year kind of level of G1. So this was going to be a tricky kind of sell to get it to be better than what that one was, if that makes sense. Because um, you had, like, just awesome stunners. I'm trying to think back now about what the actual matches were, because of obviously, like... But, you had, yeah, you had um, Taichi and Okada, Kiyomiya and Mumino, um, Kenta kicking seven bells of shit out of Will Ospreay. Um, you know, Great Okan and El Fantasma was great. Your matches that were not expected to be fantastic were actually fantastic. So this one was maybe going to be fighting uphill to be as good, <laughs> to be fair. Um, but let's 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 start. Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Alice Coughlin in 11 minutes and 13 seconds. Uh, Coughlin, you, you've not seen Coughlin since he became a member of Bullet Club, have you? I I have seen the War Dogs in action. I oh, I actually had to look it up because I heard this faction existed and I'm just like honestly I don't hate it because the one thing I always thought Coglin was lacking a little bit of was like some kind of edge to him because he's a he's a great wrestler like he's incredible what he does and then you give him like a brutality streak yeah I, I'm all for it to be honest yeah I this 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 was a solid opener it, it was pretty good to be honest but Zach is a little business uh, in this tournament and got rid of him in 11 minutes and 13 seconds. Just shut him down. And that was kind of the story of the match, which is fair enough because Zach Sabre Jr. knows how dangerous Coughlin is at the minute because Coughlin starts by swinging the belt around and attacking people before the bell. So Zach just kind of like got rid of him as quickly as is humanly possible. 11 minutes and 13 seconds. Zach stays top of the group with three wins. Accompanied by Kosei Fujita, who we found out today will be leaving New Japan after this G1 Climax tour to go wrestle in Australia for his excursion. Because obviously, Marty don't kneel, do they? So, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, continuing on the theme of DMDK, Mad Mikey Nichols unfortunately fell to Tama Tonga in 9 minutes and 10 seconds, which is really good because Tama Tonga needed a convincing victory at this particular point in the tournament, having had some near misses. But he's two and one. Mikey Nichols is one and two. Um, so, yeah, this was pretty good. I enjoyed this. Um, it's Tama Tonga. He's the most over babyface in the company at the minute. So, so his matches are never banned because everyone enjoys them. So, and yeah, it, was, it wasn't a wrestling technical classic because these two are never going to have a re wrestling technical classic. At least Mikey didn't get his head kicked in like he did the other day. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I can't remember who was he wrestling the other day. Uh, oh, Henry Ray split him open the hard way. Um, so yeah, at least yeah, at least he's uh, kind of uh, you know a bit, bit calmer. So it was fun, but a fun watch. Have you any comments? Uh... I'm. I always enjoy the Mighty Don't Neil. Like I remember when they brought Nichols into Chaos, and I was just sort of like, that's hilarious. 
but he fit right in because he's just like a really hectic wrestler. And I suppose I'm quite surprised that the fire never went out on Tamatonga. I always thought it was going to be a really short-lived thing once, like, Bullet Club sort of got over it, and it's like, oh, all the firing squad storylines over, we've lost the sympathy for Tamatonga, and then, like, no, he's still cooking. I'll give him props for managing to keep that going. I think, as well, he's he's embraced being Hontai. Um, like, it wouldn't have worked if he hadn't been so... If if the Gorillas of Destiny as a group hadn't like done their best to gun out of their way to be supportive of Hontai as they had, they wouldn't be baby faces. If they'd half asked it, it would have been problematic. But they went all in, right? Okay, we were we're zealots now. <laughs> you know, like we are so anti-bullet club, we are gonna be the most Hontai you could possibly be. Um, and I think that helps. I know you were saying it looked a bit contrived, but equally if they didn't do that, what were they going to do? They were kind of just going to be floating there in nothingness. Um, that is, which is, it's which interesting is... to see them prove me wrong. Yes. I'll say that because it it certainly feels more natural now because it, it they've shown that this is more than a storyline. It's a, yeah, we're, we're on tie now. We are yeah. Team New Japan. We will back this company up because we are that shit sick of Bullet Club and how they've treated us. It, it works. It's not just that. Oh, we needed to break Bullet Club up. Who's who's free? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, next match, Hiroki Goto puts away Shane Hasty. Two minutes and twenty nine seconds. This was, but this was a good story to tell. Um, Goto, I'm trying to remember who he wrestled the other night. Picked up a rib injury when he wrestled Tetsuya Naito. And he was selling the ribs all the way through this match. So he just rolled up Shane Haste as quickly as he possibly could. And that was that. Two <laughs> minutes and 29 yeah. seconds, yeah. So it was just like he, Shane was kind of Shane was showboating a little too much and should have known better. And Goto just saw his opportunity and rolled him up and got a three count and got the hell out of there because he's got to rest his ribs. Which is a nice story to tell. Doesn't really cost Shane an awful lot because he wasn't expecting it. Um keeps Goto on the boil. Can't complain really. Honestly, that's the thing I'm enjoying the most out of looking at this sort of cage match page is just that most of the matches are reasonably paced. Uh, the, tw- the change the time of this year from half an hour to 20 minutes because obviously it's a bigger field. It's 36 in the field, not 32. So to get eight, eight matches through in a night, you've got two blocks in a night, no tag matches, it's just pure G1 matches. So to get eight matches in a night, they'd have to do them at 20 minutes anyway. You couldn't do four-hour shows every night because theoretically, you know, time limits are supposed to actually count. So if every show, if every match went to half an hour, you'd need four, you'd need more than four hours to do that. So to to expedite things, they brought it down to 20 minutes. But it's added another wrinkle for booking possibilities. We've had three That's draws kind of so far. Me. Sorry. Sorry. I was going to say, it does kind of crack me up that it took them making the tournament bigger for them to bloody streamline it. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but also it means, like, we've had three draws. When's the last time we had a draw in the G1? You know, it's like that That makes so much more sense and much more realistically as well, you know, in 20 minutes. When these guys are programmed to go half an hour in a main event, going 20 minutes makes much more sense. You know, I'll run out of time. Oh, okay, shit. There we go. But, yeah. Um... Shall we move on? Uh, this speak- one sounds interesting. This one, well, yeah. 
Noticeably, Hanare is no longer Aaron Haran Hanare. He's back to being Hanare again um, because he's claimed his royal heritage in the Maori um, uh, hierarchy and has ta has taken on the um, face tattoos. So he is kind of like dropped the Aaron because obviously you don't want an anglicized name if you're well, royalty in the Maori, are you? So. Um, uh, which is kind of like giving him an awfully big kind of like splash in this tournament. He looks more aggressive. He is more aggressive. He's more watchable as well. Um, and like I said, he's kind of like hammered Mikey Nichols in the opening round, which was his, he took a big wing against Shingo Takagi, lost to Mikey Nichols, and then um, he loses it to Eddie Kingston. But it was a banger. They went at it, as you'd imagine. It was not soft. Um it wasn't going to be up there with some of the matches Eddie's going to have. Um, he's got Tom Ishii next, and that's going to be just epically good. But this was still exceptionally good for 10 minutes and 32 seconds. It's, it's probably one of the best 10-minute matches you'll ever see, I would think. Um, and yeah, Hanara feels like the perfect opponent for Kingston, because, again, they're both just no-fucks-given, heavy-hitting yeah. types of guys that take their craft very seriously. Yeah, it was not technique heavy, but there was lots of big, big stuff and smart wrestling. Canary went after the hands, so you can't, you know, you basically went after went after the arm that Claudio Castagnoli attacked on AEW television two weeks ago. So, and everyone else has kind of stayed away from it, but Hanari went after it. It showed smartness through it, but also, you know, but in the end, but in the end, like. And he just started roughly slapping him with his left hand instead, which was great. And then eventually had enough like um, gumption to just manage to do two spinning back fists and then landed on top of Fenari and he got a pinfall. It wasn't like he just kind of passed out on top of him. It wasn't so it was like it showed off how tough they were. It was really well booked, really well booked. I love the idea that like Kingston's just saying, I've got two hands, asshole. <laughs> It just slapped the snot out of him. It was just like brutal. But there we go. Ah, next up. Oh, yes. Tetsu Nato defeated Terriano in seven minutes and 44 seconds. And this was as glorious as you can imagine it would be. <laughs> um, I bet these are Naito's favorite types of matches. Oh, yeah, the time of his life. He came out. Ace walked as slowly as he possibly could to the ring until the theme tune went all the way through. And then the music started again, and he walked back down the aisle and did it again. <laughs> I think they got to the third time round of the music, and Yano was boiling by that point and chased him up the aisle. So Nato got in the ring undressed, and then um, once he got rid of Yano, um, and then uh, Yano got out the ring. I was just, I can't remember everything that happened because it was just like silly, but fun silly. And yeah, it was one of my favourite NATO matches, I think, on this tournament. Because NATO does look like a seven times life. Did not break a smile either. Did not crack through the entire set of shenanigans. It was great. Just wonderful to watch. Loved it. Can't complain. Awesome. Really good. Um, anything you'd like to say about these two? I'm just glad that, like, your Yano isn't boring people this time. Like, that was always one of the worst, like, case scenarios with, like, Yano in the G1. It's like, some of his matches are hilarious. Obviously, nobody is ever going to forget the John Moxley upset. But, like, some of it just gets really contrived and really boring. So I'm glad that he seems to be having a fun run again. And, that, yeah. yeah, Naito's 
getting back into the swing of things again because like the G1 is usually his playground much like Zack Sabre Jr's is the New Japan Cup but he's killing it in the G1 as well this year mm. yeah I mean we'll see what happens um, but yeah definitely alright then it's big lads wrestling Chingo Takagi defeat Tamarishi in 18 minutes and 10 seconds they went the distance in this match and they hit each other really hard as you mentioned these two normally do neither of them had a win going into this match if something had to give uh, interestingly, Takagi didn't win with Made in Japan. Uh, well, he did in the end. But no, no, he didn't. He went with um, Pumping Bomber, but he, he landed Made in Japan but couldn't pin Ishii. And I'm wondering if that was genuinely uh, an injury issue. I am concerned about that because they did go awfully hard in this match, as you'd imagine these two would do. Um, and then... Ishii landed made in Japan, but just kind of fell backwards and rolled away, and then eventually got him up to do Pumping Bomber and took the win that way. But it was it was an absolute thriller up until then. Can't believe no one's voted on this it, yet. I find it grossly offensive that both of these guys don't have more points. Like, they are two of the most continuously back-to-back, most watchable wrestlers. Like, they hold so many matches together, and yet every time like the G1 rolls around, they always get shafted. They are, but equally, I know that they've got to, that other people have got to go up. The same thing happened to Kushida in Best of Super Juniors. He got one win because they know they've got to get the youngsters up or else they're going to run out of stars. And so the focus this year has been on Umino and Narita and Suji, which is what you're supposed to do. We can't complain. You can't have it both ways, I suppose. You can't have the older guys winning all the time and have the younger guys winner. It's just not going to happen, is it? Um, but it, it, the focus has been elsewhere, and I think it's understandable. I don't like it because I love Ishii and I love Takagi, and I know they've only got so many of these tournaments left, and to be honest with you, well, most of us thought Ishii was done last year. Um, to see him again in it is great. But I need Ishii to do next year's G1 and finally win it. And then he can just stop. <laughs> <laughs> just retire. That's it. Wouldn't it? No, I mean, give the briefcase to somebody else. They say I'm done. Uh, but yeah, I think that's the thing. I, I I understand where you're coming from and don't disagree with you. But equally, they've got to put the focus on the young guys, or else, what's the point? They're not going to go anywhere, are they? You can't. Everyone complains that the product failed without. Well, you need to know that place is the product failed. You got to get the young guys out, don't you? So that's the way it goes, I suppose. Really. But there was no the match without two young guys. And Jeff Cobb and Hiroshi Tanahashi, 10 minutes and 30 seconds. This was fun, actually. Cobb hadn't beaten Tanahashi in this tournament ever, I don't think, up until this point. And he finally gets a win with Toro of the Islands. But they went a long way round to get there. <laughs> it was fun to watch. Um, Tanahashi shouldn't be going for high-five flow anymore, I don't think. Because he, he missed it here. But it was, I mean, he missed it in a controlled way. But I am absolutely concerned about his knees and like how much life is left in them. Um, Reaching Naito levels, Muto levels. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's like Kevin Kelly said, we are talking knee and hip replacements at some point, not long after retirement, definitely. You know, Muto is on his second knee replacement. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I think, yeah, it's going to be... Um, I, it wasn't a terrible match, but it was a good match. But again, Tanashi's in the same position as Takagi and Ishii. They've got to get the new guys up there so that revolves around somebody else has got to come down. <laughs> so, 
But we're still also we're still early stages in the tournament. But I have a feeling that NATO is going to be the guy, I think, in this tournament. I have a sinking suspicion that Sonada versus NATO at the Tokyo Dome has sellout written all over it. But we'll see what we I'd say it's the most interesting prospect for Sonada, isn't it? Considering, mm-hmm. oh yeah, my former faction leader is now gunning for my head. Yeah, I think that's but reasonable. But to be fair, Sonada will probably just again cut some really laid back promo like Naito. Who's that again? <laughs> just be like, what? Who are you yeah. fooling here, sir? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it was a good mate. It was a good semi main main event. David Finley, the leader of Bullet Club. Uh, War Dogs going up against Evil, the leader of Bullet Club House of Torture, which is all the levels of shenanigans you could possibly imagine it would be. Um, Dick Togo, Showa, Nujiro, Takahashi accompanied Evil. Gabe Kid and J- Ghetto accompanied Dave Finley. I think quite possibly that uh, Alex Coughlin might have been stuffed from the open match. Um, the match opened, there was a big showdown between all seven of them, and then Red Shoes called two more referees down to look after each team's accompanying factions. And eventually, we had all three referees go down. Marty Asami came down to do a pinfall at one point. He got pulled out by Ghetto when Evil had Dave Finley banter rights with uh, Everything is Evil. And it eventually boiled down to Evil and Dave with the Shillelagh and the Never Openweight Championship. And David managed to clobber Evil with the Never Open Weight Championship, deliver Oblivion, and take the pinfall victory. So that was it. He caught a promo at the end, and it was perfectly good promo. You know, I'm going to be the new G1 Climate Champion on the show with Stone. But we've got no further with this Bullet Club House of Torture thing that has been going on. Because Evil's actually having the best tournament he's had in ages. But it's the first kind of any form of success the House of Torture have had in two years. Um, but it is just like so we're still going to have House of Torture within Bullet Club I think why <laughs> you know um, but yeah it's been pointed out there's like an awful lot of very white people in Bullet Club these days which I thought was interesting and, and very true <laughs> so yeah um, but yeah any thoughts I'm glad I didn't see this one it yeah. just sounds terrible to me. Because, again, I hear House of Torture stuff. So having two Bullet Club factions doing two sets of shenanigans for 16 minutes just sounds irritating to me. I get it. It's like Dave Finley wants House of Torture to step up or fuck off. So, of course, oh, yeah. it's like I'm going to outdo you at your own game. But still, it's like, why was it? Why would it be the main event? Just just let Shingo and Ishii have the main event. <laughs> they know how to send people off with a bang. I guess so, but again, it's get the new leader of Bullet Club over in it. That's the whole point. So, yeah. Anywho. I love, I love Finley in Bullet Club. Like, everything I see from it through Twitter, through things I check, he looks perfect there. And mm. I love his little War Dogs group. I think it it's, it's a nice refresher to what was essentially getting very stale. It's just, I'm sick of House of Torture. Arguably getting Bullet Club back to its roots is a possibility, you know, as well. I just mentioned this to um, Marcus last time we were on. Bullet Club was founded by an Irishman, and here's another man of Irish descent 
taking over Bullet Club and taking it back to places where it's never been for a while. So I think that's interesting. But there we go. Uh, we are at Kirk and Hall on Tuesday for three days in a row of this is where things are going to cook because the audience is going to be hyped for this. Um, then Tuesday's card opens with Will Ospreay versus Great O'Khan. Some United Empire on United Empire action. Gabe, give me any comments on that? Sorry, I completely blanked that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Gabe Kidd versus Shota Umino, which I think could be really interesting. It depends on whether Kidd actually has some goes to wrestling or Umino goes to wrestling, because they're actually both perfectly capable technical wrestlers, but they both seem to prefer brawling at the minute. And I think an actual wrestling match would be more interesting between the two of them, but they just want to kick each other's heads in, so let them do that. <laughs> Some of the more fun matches are just when you let the brawlers go out of town. It's like, sure, because mm. like, Everyone else can have the wrestling matches. Let the brawlers have the brawls. Let them showcase their strengths. Uh, yeah, I don't think I, I don't think it's the strength of either of them though. I think they just do it because it's what their characters demand, you know. But there we go. Kenta versus Taiji. Sorry, Karen. Oh, that's going to be fun. Mm. I think it's going to be more fun than violent. And Kenta versus Osprey was violent. But I think I think if Kenta pulls out the stops like he did against Osprey, then it could be very violent. Taichi has a habit of bringing out like everyone's shit kicking side. That's because so like, it used to be really it annoying. Could be, <laughs> it could be as violent as like Osprey or Kenta, but probably not. Oh, oh by the way, Taichi versus Akada match of the tournament so far. You should go watch that. I'm not surprised it's Taichi. Mm-hmm. Next up, Chase Owens versus Yotosuji. Uh Experts are still trying to figure out why. Um, I don't know. I, uh, Chase hasn't had a bad tournament, but then again, you know, Chase rarely has terrible matches, but I, don't, I just don't know what this match looks like, and therefore I have no idea what, what to expect. It'll be all right, I guess. Won't be dreadful. Yeah. From what I've seen, Suji's been having a proper proper sort of tournament and all. It seems like he's fitting nicely back in as this sort of overbearing monster. The only thing about Chase is he's not House of Torture and he's not War Dogs, so he's just a person on his own in Bullet Club. And there's no but because there's no one else there with him. Obviously there's there's uh Bad Luck Farley, but he's not on the roster at the moment. He's back in New Zealand looking after the dojo. So it is just like a bit like Chase is just kind of there. <laughs> and he's got I'm I'm intrigued to see how that plays out because Gabe Kid Gabe Bone Kidd, Soldier. Yeah. He's in well, the Bone Soldier role. Just well, yeah, without it being Ishimori. Yeah, well, that's it. Ishimori's another person who's just kind of like there <laughs> uh but yeah I, it's I, I think that's the thing with chase owens is like his gay kid wrestled him on the opening match and gay beat the snot out of him for 10 minutes and then just chase turned it around with three moves and put him away and it was really cold <laughs> and then it was just kind of like went out to the road to, to talk to kevin kelly and was like ah oh. <laughs> just kind of like dismiss gay kid very quickly so I'm interesting to see where this is going long term with Bullet Club, but I think I don't think Dave dare get rid of him. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, speaking of former Bullet Club members, Alan Fantasmo versus Dangaloa. That'd be intriguing. 
and that's to be a, a nice, sweet little baby face on baby face matchup. Tango has been really good since he came back, um, and Fantasmo has been really good since he turned babyface. So should be great, I think. Fun and entertaining more than like serious wrestling, though. I was going to say, I've got nothing to add to that one. It just sounds interesting. Fred Narita versus Hikaleu. Um, This could be all right. I think I can't see it being like, I can't see it being a show ceiling banger, but Hikaleu has come on leaps and bounds in the last six months um, since his win over Jay White. The issue is like, I think the trouble is he kind of gets pushed more than, because he's got that big win over Jay White. I expect more from him, but then he doesn't deliver because he's a guy that just came back off excursion and got one big win. And I think they needed to kind of ride that momentum a bit more to make him a bit more kind of believable in the long term. But what can you do? And he's not going to beat Ren Narita after Ren Narita had a draw the other day, so I think he, I think he's on a loser there. But there we go. We'll see. Any comment? No, I'm just, again, quite enjoying Ren Narita since his lot of return. Indeed. Uh, Kazuchika Kada versus Yoshihashi. Um, this will be outstanding. Yoshihashi has yeah. nothing but great matches in this tournament so far. Kazuchika Kada still a man in the company. Yeah, it's been just great. Taylor House down great. Kada's so, taking an L here though. Yoshihashi destroys everyone. <laughs> he has done so far. I think he's undefeated. He's top of the block with Kada. So there you go. It would be intriguing if Yoshi actually did get a win over Okada, and that that would be that would be a story. But I'm not sure it's I'm not sure they're ready for that yet. I'm not sure, but we'll see. And uh, main event will be Sonada, the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, going up against Kato Kiyomiya of Noah, who's had an excellent tournament and is also undefeated, but he does have a draw, so he's behind Sonada in points by one point. Um, he had a draw with him. Kiyomiya takes this. I reckon, I reckon no. Kiyomiya takes this. I reckon Kiyomiya gets the win over Sonata and then challenges at King of Pro Wrestling before Wrestle Kingdom. Because it feels like the perfect moment. It's like, oh, Sonata's ahead by one point? Well, guess what? I'll kick your ass and get my point. Yes, because then also, but also it'll telegraph the fact that Kiyomiya isn't winning the tournament. <laughs> um... But then again, if he gets a win, if he gets a win over Sonata and he gets a win over Ricardo in the quarterfinals, then arguably all the work he me needed to do is done, isn't it? Because he'll get an IWGP Championship slot, and then we'll see how it goes from there. I can't think he and me being Sonata for the IWGP Championship. Having said that, he and me versus NATO at the Tokyo then would be a banger, and it would fill the hall as well. There's a lot of uncertainty, isn't there? For this there tournament. is, which is the way it's supposed to be. How many G1s and New Japan Cups and Best of Super Juniors and World Tag Leagues and Super J Tag Leagues have we gone into going, yeah, who's going to win this? Too many of them. And this one, don't know who's going to win. I kind of have a feeling it probably should be NATO. The common sense thing says NATO. But the more I watch the show, the less less convinced of that I am. But then I watch NATO and go, oh yeah, yeah he's probably going to win. But he's not. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool. 
And it should be Eddie Kingston, just because that would fuck with some heads. It would, but they've got to sell tickets. <laughs> what it boils down to is there's a very limited number of people who can win this tournament because they have to sell 60,000 or 65,000 tickets for a massive barn of a building they need to at least half fill. So, like, you know. I'd, I'd want Great Orkan to win, but that's never going to happen either. No, no, absolutely not. No, but there we go. Anywho. Uh, well, that's quite it for today. That's today. I'll be back on Tuesday at some point with this uh, with this uh, today at the G1 Climax Night Seven. In the meantime, I'd like to thank my guest today, Mr. John Dinsdale. Thank you for your time, sir. No problem. It's always fun to be snarky about New Japan. Didn't we're not having to be snarky though at the minute. We can be quite supportive. No, honestly, yeah. it sounds like they're getting back on track. I just don't have the time or patience for these tournaments anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where can we find you on the internet, sir? You can find me at Twitter handle John Deathman. That is the gateway to hell that leads you to writings, ramblings, and opinions. You can find me on Instagram at John underscore Deathman, which is the same as Twitter, just with more pictures. And you can find me on Patreon at Deathmatch Digest for a fun collection of free-to-read and paid for deathmatch writings you can find me at sheriff Star on twitter you can find us on sheriff Star on mastodon you can find us at instagram sheriff you can find the show truthfully show on twitter and instagram and the truthfully show on patreon and facebook thank you for spending some time with us today we'll be back on tuesday take care i'll speak to you soon bye mm-hmm.